All right, welcome to Down by the Bank, sponsored by Brewers Pizza, Clay County, and Orange Park's only brew pub. This is Corey. Hey, guys, what's up? It's Derek. Hey, what's up, guys? It's JK3. Hurricane Irma is on the way, and based on projections, it looks like it's going to literally just cut down the middle of the state of Florida. So what are you guys doing as far as plans? Drinking. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, That's it. (laughs) So, um, you know, I'm just going to be at home relaxing. And if the weather comes and it's rainy, so be it. Hopefully it doesn't. How are you going to relax in a hurricane? Hey, man, you can relax, man. You can chill. No sound, no no nothing. If the power goes out, you can just mellow out, man. And you that's can also I start to get hot when the air conditioning goes out. <laughs> I will cross that bridge when I get to it, all right, JK3? Don't, hey, please don't kill my vibe, all right? Like Kendrick said. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know if chilling is the right thing to say at all. Like like he was saying, when the, like, the roof starts caving in with flooding waters and everything. Well, you're the only one that lives out at the beach. I mean, so uh, we're going to, you know, you go and hang out with you and your Bengal tiger kitty. And you guys can deal with that. I will be in a no uh, evacuation zone chill spot. Your Bengal tiger. I didn't know you had a Bengal tiger. You must got one of those like in-ground bathtubs too, like in Scarface. <laughs> Maybe I do. You've never been to my house. So. Um, got the snipers actually, on the roof. <laughs> yeah. Funny enough, though, we uh, in preparation of possibly evacuating, which we're not going to at this point. My wife had ordered a. Uh, it's like a basically a leash that you can take the cat out for walks. Like when we leave and evacuate, we can walk her him out to the car. And I'm definitely going to be walking our cat like on the beach and uh, down Third Street from now on. It's like the most unique, cool looking thing. I mean, because you have a Bengal tiger. I mean, I've never seen anyone. No one's ever seen a, a common house cat on a leash before. So it tells you what kind of feline you have. Yeah. Well, the other thing, too, is like with the flooding, because I'm pretty close to the to the beach. So the flooding, I we have a canoe that we bought like, I don't know, like a year ago. So like we're set. I mean, if it does flood, like we have canoes, we have life jackets, we have oars. Um, so if you guys want to come over and like do some looting once, uh, you know, everything uh, gets a little crazy. You I, know, could maybe just, can... I could just picture it now. You floating down Third Street with your cat on the front of your boat. <laughs> it's like life of like pie. Couple... <laughs> <laughs> oh man i imagine being like on cnn like floating with the cat and like i'm trying to put a couple hd tvs in my canoe and it like flips all right, over all right, and... all right. We, we we gotta get to the game we gotta get to the game we got a big game coming up on sunday uh jags texans uh i don't like the matchup because of the emotions that's going on in houston right now i've always said sports is all about just as much as emotion as it is the, the actual game itself so uh we we uh we, we got a little problem on our hands uh i i agree with you and this will probably be the first of many uh well no excuse me this is the first agreement but i plan on disagreeing a little bit more in the season but this 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 reminds me a little bit of uh when the superdome when it opened for the saints and how everything was just clicking on all cylinders for them there's nothing I forget who the team they opened up uh, against, but there was nothing they could do. They ran a kickoff back. They ran a punt back. Inter- interception was probably ran back, too. It's just, I, I don't know, a lot of emotions in this, man. And, you know, uh, I-, I hope that I hope the Jags can bring it. 
Well, it's the first uh, game, but also AFC uh, South matchup, 1 p.m. Um, I thought it was kind of funny. Remember how, like, a couple days ago they were talking about moving the game to Jacksonville, which actually would have been, like, the worst possible thing they could have done? Yeah, uh, especially with this hurricane coming up uh, <laughs> coming up the center of uh, I-4 and 95 North. <laughs> yeah. So, But um, Houston, uh, one statistic that I was looking at before we started recording, I, I didn't even realize, and I think – uh, JK3, you were you were the only one of the three that that knew this, but they were actually ranked the number one overall defense last year. Um, so we already kind of know that they have one of the best defensive lines in the league. And I know one thing that both of you especially had a lot of criticism on was our questionable offensive line. So Derek, we'll start with you. Is that going to be the make or break in this game that that gives Houston the advantage, the D line versus our offensive line? Hundred percent, yes. As the, the kids now text and text message one hundred. That's what this is, 100, because that's all that matters. If we can't block, it's game over. And remember, we struggled last year, and J.J. Watt wasn't playing. So J.J. Watt's back. If the back is healthy, we're in some trouble. I hope they've got a game plan together. This is really going to test Marone's uh, ability to coach and ability to make adjustments. Um, but if they don't make any adjustments and you see – third and 12, you know, third and eight, third and 15, and they got their ears pinned back, we're going to have, we're going to be in for a long Sunday, man. Uh, I mean, and, and just to be on the opposite side of the ball, uh, finally, Jadavian Clowney is turning out to what we thought he was going to be. And that's just, that, that spells trouble for a lot of the, a lot of teams that they're going to be facing this year. Um, I'm really nervous to see how uh, Cam Robinson is going to do. This weekend, uh, I know he's probably, you know, probably I think he's like either the third or second uh, ranked uh, rookie left tackle. I read it somewhere that he was either like the second or third ranked uh, left tackle. And uh, I'm, I mean, just whatever they throw at you, man, those exotic blitz packages with uh, Clowney, uh, with J.J. Watt, with Merciless as well, Cushing. Uh, and they got another linebacker that's supposed to be better than Cushing also this year. Man, it's it's a tall order. Yeah. Derek, what were you talking about before we started with uh, with Clowney, that they might utilize him in different ways or, or maybe not what we expect? So if you go to their official depth chart, they don't they run a 3-4. Okay, three down linemen, four linebackers. They have him as outside linebacker. Not weak, not strong, but outside, which means they can move him anywhere. I mean, it doesn't matter. It's just a position name. It, what, what, it doesn't make a difference. But like JK3 just said, on third down, exotic blitz packages, you can put like JJ down, put another guy, let's say Reader, their nose tackle, or, or Covington, uh, the other uh, end. You can put those two down, and then they could have like four linebackers just standing there with a safety. Or they can stand them all up and put one down, and you don't know who's coming. Um that just shows that's what that's what you do when you uh, try to create a defense to make plays and, and turn the ball over. Is you get creative, you don't have to have an exact position. You don't have to have a Leo. Um, you just have a guy, and he plays outside linebacker. Right. Well, to kind of go over some some stats for a guy who seemingly, based on what you guys are saying, is going to be under a lot of pressure in the game. Blake Bortles versus Houston Texans in his career so far. He is 0-6. We've had zero wins with Bortles under center versus the Texans. 53% completion percentage, uh, 6-8 six, uh, six, touchdown to interception ratio, and he's been sacked 24 times, which is four times per game. So needless to say, miserable. Um, this game, and you guys tell me, but... He almost has to make this his breakthrough game. 
I mean, it would be huge on his psyche and huge in terms of the, the team's confidence in him and the organization's confidence in him. But if he goes down like he's done in the past in the prior six games, I know the odds are against him with the defensive line versus our offensive line, but this could be a game where he could really make a statement. Uh, I mean, yeah, this is, I mean, not only with it being a statement game, but also it's just got to be, it's the first game of the year. It's the game of the, it's the, him to put everything that he, all the things that he said, him going to California, uh, his throwing motion, uh, this, that, the beach bars, all that stuff needs to just be put behind him. And if he can go ahead and get a W week one in Houston, uh, with all the emotion and everything else going on, that I mean that that'll catapult us, uh, you know, and in, in, into a, into a good spot for the year. We uh better plan on getting some pick sixes of our own because that's probably going to be the only way we score. Uh, I just don't. I, I I've tried to be optimistic, but it's just it's just bad. I I, I bad. I got nothing. Did you guys see? Did you guys bad. see where he? Uh, I I don't know if it was him or, or somebody had come out and said he has a wrist injury that he's battling through too. Oh man! <laughs> now that comes out, you know. Oh, I didn't want to make excuses, but when it counts, it comes out. Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't know, man. The the, the whole wrist injury thing is is kind of just. Something that's just, I mean, I don't know if it's true that he, he has a wrist injury, then I mean, it kind of reminds you of last year when, when they said that there was something wrong with his, his shoulder. His shoulder was hurt, uh, you know, during last year as well when he was having that that very that very bad stretch of the games and and now a wrist injury. So I don't know. I don't know. Let's just hope it's not. Yeah. Well, Mike Vrabel, and, and this kind of ties into maybe the, the hope that we have uh, against them in terms of the offense. He's their defensive coordinator for for the Texans, which I didn't even know. Mike Vrabel, I guess, took over for Romeo Cornell, who's now their assistant head coach, which seems kind of weird if they've been really good that you would sort of move that around. I don't know. It seems crazy. But he had, had been quoted that their top priority, not Bortles, not you know whoever else, not Allen Robinson, but is, is stopping Leonard Fournette in his debut. So you know, the guy hasn't played since preseason game number one. Uh, he's not on the injury report anymore. Um, you know, what I guess is your guys' expectations for Fournette in game one, and would he be considered kind of the key to victory if we were to win? Not necessarily the key to victory, but what they're trying to do is make make it one-dimensional and put everything on Bortles. It's all a mind game. Shut down the run, put eight in the box, and say, okay, Blakey, here you go. We know you haven't been able to do this in the past. We only got three people back there, two corners and a safety. You know, or three corners and a safety, four people back there. Let's see what you got. That's all they're trying to do. Well, I mean, they're going to make him. So if they if they stack eight in the box, which I don't think they would do. I mean, I don't think they'll put, you know, a, a lot of numbers in the box because their corners aren't really as good as they were last year. You know, we have their number one corner in Boye. Um, you know, so I definitely think with the offensive weapons that we have, if Blake can manage to get them the ball, that would be – you know, very stupid of Houston to, to stack the box unless we show them something different, unless we show them that we can run the ball uh, and create that threat. Like you said earlier this year, Derek, uh, a lot of the passing plays and a lot of the play action and things open up with establishing a run. We do have to go out and we have to establish the run. We do have to pound the football down their throat, and then that's going to open the playbook from there. It will, but at the same time, it just, you know, like it goes back to the O-line. I'm not going to keep going back to that point, to get back to those positions. But when it's it's all, you know, stopping Leonard Fournette, 
whether if it's eight in the box or not, I think it will be. I, I just, you know, because I think they just think Bortles is that bad. Like, you know, they have no respect for him. They don't respect him at all. And until he proves that by throwing something over the top and beating them again and again and again, and then taking the check downs when it isn't there, then, you know, they're not going to respect him. So they'll respect, you know, and that's sad. Think about this. He came out and said, our focus is Leonard Fournette. Leonard Fournette. He hasn't even played a down yet. And that's their focus is Leonard Fournette. That ought to tell you something. What do you think the odds are that Mike Vrabel has that quote from Fournette on the bulletin board about how the NFL is easy and and not as fast and tough as he thought it was? Uh, Pretty good. (laughs) I think he does. I mean, because you remember, that was his quote after the first game against the Patriots. Yeah. Oh, it's not as fast as I thought it was, or it's a little bit easier than I thought it was. I mean, I mean, this is probably going to be a little bit of a wake-up call, considering this is his actual first game against one of the best defensive lines in the league. Yeah, there, there's definitely going to be a lot of tough, uh, a lot of things that they're going to use as a motivation. I don't know if that's going to be too much of a motivational uh, factor in it, but he, he is going to, I mean, we're going to see what he's made out of, uh, especially against that defensive line. I mean, that's just, that's for sure. Eugene Vernet from the Times Union had quoted AJ Can, who said that Vernet, I guess, is good enough to kind of make an under, you know, basically an underwhelming offensive line look better. So hopefully that actually comes to fruition. Um, one thing, just kind of shifting to the defense um, for the Jags anyway, I did see an article in the Washington Post by Mark Long. I don't know if you guys follow him on Twitter, but he's a pretty good follow. He's with the AP. Um, I guess we haven't had a double digit sacks. Uh, player since 2006 so you guys will like this mark had asked malik jackson to guess who um who was the last jaguar defensive player that had double digit sacks and so i'll, I'll throw it out to you guys first if you want to guess as to who that was uh last player to have double digit sacks for the jags um can you give me like a year uh it's at least more than 10 years old defensive line am i am i, am I asking uh too many questions <laughs> uh yes Derek, you got one or not uh double digit sacks uh um uh, all right so i'm gonna go with bobby mccray yep that's it ding 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 so he he had asked malik jackson who guessed john henderson which is probably a pretty good guess and then when he said it was bobby mccray malik jackson said who so I guess that wasn't like a very uh, over, uh, overwhelming uh, guy back in the day. I don't know if – whatever happened to him, by the way, Bobby McRae, he kind of just fell off the face of the earth. No, he went to New Orleans and had a couple years. I want to say, was he on their Super Bowl team? Um, I don't know. Yeah, I think he may have been on their – I think he may have been on their Super Bowl well, team. So. Not good enough for Malik Jackson to even remember vaguely who that is, which I thought was kind of funny. But facing uh, Tom Savage, which is – kind of surprising i don't know just all the hype and everything i would have thought deshaun watson was going to win that job and i didn't even realize he didn't to be honest with you um but uh savage actually had some pretty good praise for ramsey and boyer i mean why wouldn't you but the matchup that i thought was kind of funny you know going back to the quote back in in i think april or may uh was when deandre hopkins basically said yeah aj boyer needs to cover me because jalen ramsey can't so what is what what is his problem? Is, is he joking or is that like just a trash talking thing? Because statistically, I'm pretty sure that's just a very untrue statement. He's definitely got to be talking trash to him, um, you know, because it's one of those things where they they have such a their rivalry is just crazy right now. Um, whenever they come, whenever they play, it's always, you know, him locking him down or Jalen's always locking the number one receiver down. And 
as of the last game, I mean, he pretty much locked him down except for that third down where it counted, you know what I mean, where he got that slant on him. But other than that, I mean, Jalen's kind of owned him the last couple games. You got to remember this, too. The way Jalen's come into the league, Jalen Ramsey, he's a rookie, and he said, you know what, I don't want to play this zone crap. You know, he didn't say that directly. He wanted to lock up and play man. And he got a couple of opportunities on on Hopkins. Now, I still remember when Hopkins caught that stinking third down pass to win that game. Um, but I think I think Hopkins only had like four for 48 that game. You know, Ramsey basically owned him. And, and Hopkins usually has the ability to get away from a lot of people, and he can't get away from Ramsey all that well. Uh, that and the fact that Ramsey also does a good job of getting in the guy's head. Like, look what he did to Steve Smith. You remember that? That game cut off and, you know, the game was about to end and um, I was at home and then all of a sudden you saw Steve Smith charging up the Ramsey and apparently a fight broke out because he got in his head. So that's what corners are supposed to do. They're supposed to get in receiver's head and Ramsey does a dang good job of it. Other than like the trash talking and stuff, is there anything on the field that he does that that kind of, uh, I mean, obviously we know he's good and he'll shut guys down, but like what is it exactly that he's doing on the field to kind of frustrate these guys and get them all messed up? First of all, he's probably bigger than majority of your receivers. You know, not all of them. You know, there's there's some monsters out there that are six three, six four, six. You know, Alshon Jeffrey type. You know, height. But you know, Hopkins is you know smaller than him. Not just probably in height, but also in like weight and you know just big. So Ramsey has the ability to not only physically dominate him, but also mentally try and get in his head. Uh, and, and, and Ramsey, you know, he, he's been like that since he started in college, you know, he came onto the field, came to the NFL. I was like, look, I don't, I'm a rookie. So what bring them all on, you know? And when you can talk trash and you can back it up, some people can respect it. And some people want to talk right back. And Hopkins is one of those. I think also with the DeAndre Hopkins, uh, and, and Jalen Ramsey thing too, it, it comes with the personalities too, because this is not just on the field. They, they go at each other on Twitter. Uh, I, they go at each other on you know whatever social media or, or whenever it comes in the interviews, uh, like uh, earlier when uh, DeAndre Hopkins said that he's gonna have that they're gonna have to get Boye to cover him because Jalen Ramsey can't, and it's just one of those things where it's just a rivalry where they've gone back and forth with each other, and you know I don't know if it's something that he's saying on the field, but he's definitely getting under his skin. No, and, and to to top it off too, man, like Tom Savage, you know ain't. Ain't the greatest quarterback. I mean, he's probably going to be better than Osweiler was, so that that's going to stink uh, to 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 have to play that. I wish we were still playing Osweiler, but they they have to uh, you know they they don't have that you know chemistry. They claim they do, but you, you never know what's what's going to happen. And and to get a when you start getting your star receiver when you get under his skin and he starts getting mad, that can shake up a whole team's rhythm. And, and and Ramsey's good at that, so I'm excited for. It. I, I can't wait to see it. You know, you know they throw a couple blows at each other. Hey, I'm sure sure that'll be fun to yeah, watch. I thought too. it was hilarious how Brock Eisweiler tried to like act like he's perfectly okay with going back to the Denver Broncos. <laughs> it was like like that's <laughs> of course he's perfect. Of course he is because Cleveland's got to give yeah, him all that but, money. But they I mean that's obviously him. not what he intended for that story to play out to be, you know what I mean? Hey, the Texans were dumb enough to trade for him, and Cleveland was even dumber to get, to uh, to get him, and so now he's back in back in, in Denver. 
So that being said, with everything, we won't rehash, you know, every single little bit of little, you know, tiny detail because, you know, kind of been doing that on talk radio all week. But as far as like predictions go, I mean, what do you guys think as far as, uh, you know, maybe not the score, but just kind of like victory? Is it going to be a loss? Like, Derek, we'll start with you. Like, what are you thinking with this game? Man, I want to see the Jags win the game. I want to see uh, a fast start. I want to see, you know, hard hitting action. But with this stinking emotion, I think we're about to catch a beatdown. <laughs> I really do. I just really feel it. it. Just with everything that's gone on in that city, I think we're about to get get run over. And not so much to where their offense just flies all over. But I think our defense, or I, I think our defense is going to play well, and they're going to get tired and get worn out because the offense isn't going to be able to do anything. You know, uh, as as um, Lee Corso would say on college football, not so fast, my friend. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I think this is going to be uh, a game where it's a horrible offense versus a good defense the entire way. I think uh, Houston's offense isn't, you know, is very lackluster. Uh, I think our defense is great. I think our defense is our bright spot. This is what everybody's wanting to see. Defense wins championships. And completely on the opposite side of the ball, our offense is lackluster versus a very good superstar, um, you know, Houston defense. So it comes down to whether who's going to make the plays on defense, the pick sixes, the fumbles, the turnovers, who's going to win that turnover battle, who's going to win the the field position battle on special teams. That's what it's going to come out to be. And you know what? With it being in Houston, with them taking battle red and everything else like that, man, first game of the year, putting everything behind me, I'm taking the Jags on this one, man. Nice. Awesome. Hey, hey, I'll say this, too. I'd like to see a kick get run back. A punt, kick, I don't care. Just something on special teams. I don't care what it is. So who do you, who, who do you think is going to return kicks and punts for us? You think it's going to be Westbrook, Lee, and... And who else? All of the above. <laughs> uh, Corey Grant. Too. I think above, I, I think okay. they mix Keelan Cole in there too. Speaking of that, uh, what's the deal with? I think we kind of texted about this a little bit. Alan Hearns is behind Westbrook and Keelan Cole in the depth chart. That's kind of crazy, isn't it? Eh, not necessarily. You know, Hearns is he's had some really bright spots, but he's also had some drops, man. Um, he's definitely had some drops and. And so it's all about being consistent and hanging on to the ball. And when you have coaches now that are in place, although, you know, they're part of Bradley's old coaching staff that will challenge you to say, hey, we're going to put you down here until you can prove to us that you can make plays and, and hold on to the ball. I mean, we don't know. None of Nobody's going to know what's going on, but it could be. That's the only thing I can think of. I mean, it seems like another testament to Dave Caldwell for the fact that Allen Robinson's still on his original deal. And then Allen Hearns got restructured immediately after that one season. I mean, well, he had to, cause it was an un- unsigned, uh, undrafted free agent. Well, I, and I don't really buy too much into those, those deals because the best receiver in football right now, Odell Beckham Jr. Is still in his rookie deal. And if he's not getting a contract, I don't know. I, I don't really get hung up too much in those battles because I know if they really want them, they're going to end up keeping them. They're not going to let them hit the free agent market. But if if Beckham Jr., you know, like I said, probably the most recognizable NFL player right now, if he's still on his rookie deal, A-Rob's going to have to wait for his too. Odell Beckham Jr. still on his rookie contract? Really? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's interesting. Yeah. I feel like he's been in the league for a while too. I don't know. It just feels that way. This for is his third year, third or fourth, a third or fourth season. Okay, yeah, third or fourth season. 
Huh. Okay, that's interesting. All right. Yeah, I, I mean, that. you got to think about it. Um, first of all, I think Jalen Ramsey's probably going to use that, you know, because DeAndre Hopkins just got that extension. Ramsey's going to be like, you know, they shouldn't have given you that money. Come on now, you need to take that. You need to give them that money back. So you know they'll probably say some stuff like that. But with guys like you know the Rams defensive tackle Aaron Donald, you know he's been the top defensive tackle in the league last two three years, and he hasn't even reported yet, and he has no plans to report anytime soon. Really? Yeah, he's got like two years left, and he's like, no, no, and no, I am not going until you jokers pay me. And so heading into week one, that guy's not even going to play. No. Yeah. yeah, he is not playing. He's, wow. He's a two-time pro bowler. Yeah. Isn't that, isn't that kind of messed up, though? I mean, for the t- – like, I don't know. I feel like if you're his teammate, you're like, come on, man. But w- when you think about it, it's almost like, yeah, it's it's a team sport, but it's the NFL, man. It's a lot of selfish guys that, you know, they don't care about the team. They want to get paid. Especially when you know you're better than someone who's making twenty, you know, fifteen or whatever million dollars, and um, I mean, I can, you know, honestly say there's some Aaron Donald's probably better than a couple of the defensive linemen we have that are getting paid. And he's good, probably he's better. He he is way better. He is, better. <laughs> <laughs> he is way better than some of the defensive linemen that are that are getting paid right now. I mean, you talk about a game changer on defense. Like that guy is unreal. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I kind of and I feel like I'm pretty good on like gut feelings about games, not necessarily based on like any kind of actual football stuff. But this just seems like this will be like one of those games where it's like a hugely emotional beginning and they'll get like a big stand or something on the first drive. But I think that Fournette's going to make a huge difference. And Marone had that comment that if he had his way, he'd run the ball every single play. And so, you know, if we're, if we're actually giving the ball to our best player on offense, which I think a lot of people would say maybe he is. Um, then, then we'll we'll probably be pretty well off, and you know, obviously the defense is pretty good too. So I don't know. I, I agree with JK three. I think we uh, I think we end up winning. I hope I'm wrong. I really do. I hope I'm wrong. <laughs> yeah, I think I think you're a bad fan for predicting. That, I'm actually. not a bad fan. You know that I'm just a realist, man. It's just ah, uh, all I can go on is you know history. I know it's a new season, new year, new coaching staff. Not technically new, but um, but. We'll see if, if, if Leonard Fournette can get rip off four or five yards of carry. You know, he didn't have to go 80 yards for a touchdown, but at least on second and five, convert some first downs, open up that play action, go up top with single coverage. I'll take it. Take it all day. Anything else you guys want to close with? No, nah, man, I'm just uh, I'm happy that uh, football's back. I'm happy that college football's back. Um, you know, and NFL as well. Uh, but most importantly, man, just on uh, just for, for our fans and people that listen and take the time to listen to us, uh, everyone, you know, stay safe in the hurricane. You know, we joke about it and drinking and, you know, stuff like that. But yeah, everyone just be safe and just follow evacuation plans if you're out there or unless you have a uh, the Kissimmee like Corey does at his at his house at the beach, <laughs> then you can take refuge in other places. Yeah, everybody stay safe out there. Uh, if you plan to evacuate hey, on the road, download an episode. Check us out. Uh, <laughs> it'll be a good time. <laughs> everybody stay safe, but make sure you listen to this podcast. Yes, absolutely. They did last year. They did for Matthew. You know how many texts oh, yeah, I got right. that said that, you know, hey, we were just sitting around with no power, so we just downloaded an episode and started listening to it. So Yeah. That works. Yeah, definitely. If you are on there and if you're currently listening on Apple Podcasts, if you could search us and then add a rating and review, that would be awesome. 
And uh, just a reminder that we're on pretty much all the, the major podcast platforms. So if you're on Android, we're on the Google Play um, app as well as TuneIn, uh, Stitcher, and all those as well. And then, of course, you can follow us on Twitter and Facebook. And actually, just for once, let's give our individual Twitter names. I have them linked on there, but um, I'm on there as uh, Jacks, not Jack, J-A-X-N-O-T-J-A-C. Um, JK3, what's yours again? At JKDA. Uh, T H I R D, J K the third, J K the third, the the not the uh, the <laughs> the third, and then uh, Derek, who are you on there? T H A D R O C, T H A D R O C, the D Rock. You're not like a huge heavy tweeter, are you? Not really. You know, I uh, I, I take breaks from social media, especially you know just. You got a lot of ignorant things that people say and they'll make you mad. And uh, so I, I try to stay away from from Twitter because that's where he gets real ignorant. People say some dumb stuff on there. Yeah, I put uh, I know JK3 saw it. I put Dunkin Donuts on blast the other day. So <laughs> that was great. Did you get did you get a coupon out of it? Yeah, I got a coupon and a phone call. So, uh, you know, that's that's what you got to do. Basically, we ordered a latte in the drive through a hot latte. We drive away and the thing is like lukewarm. I mean, it was disgusting. It's ridiculous. Which which so, one was uh, it? Uh, the one on Atlantic near across the street from the Home Depot that used to be a bank branch. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Used to be a, used to be a Jacksonville bank. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, let's 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 go ahead and wrap it up. I'll tell you about that one. Yep. <laughs> and uh, yep. Used to, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so all right great so uh used to be a jacksonville bank which round rhymes with uh down by the bank so thanks for listening everybody and we'll talk to you guys later